You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. And if you want to get your money's worth today, right here, because you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. And remember, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. This is Don West here, and I'm telling you, knockouts and three counts is the podcast, baby. Make sure that's the one you check out, because, buddy, like me, they're the real deal, baby. This is Jake the Snake Roberts. Just let me know. You need to listen to knockouts and three counts, or you'll see that damn snake again. This is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a.k.a. Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you've ever seen, boy, and you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. What up, everybody? This is Kyle, and you are back watching, listening, whatever the fuck you're doing to consume this great content. You're watching Knockouts and Three Counts, and we've got another great episode of Podcast Gold for you, ready and in the chamber. Corey, how the fuck are you doing this tonight before I get to our guest? Pretty good, man. Fresh off uh, eating some pretty damn good pizza. That's how my Tuesday's going this week. What about you, man? How, how the hell are you guys doing? Uh, I'm ready for fucking Christmas time to get over with, so we don't got to deal with as I've... many customers. But, uh, hey, I'm just saying that. But, uh, hey, we've got a very special guest with us tonight, man. We got a guy who I got to meet when I was out in L.A. with past guests of the show, the homie Mega Ran. We've got... From the Steel Cage podcast, we've got Derek Montia. How the fuck are you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm ready for Christmas. I love this time of year. Me too. Me too. I'm not saying that I'm mad that it's Christmas time. I'm just saying <laughs> you're ready. ready for 2020 as a whole to be over with. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right about has that. done whoop my ass, like sideways, left, right, up, down. <laughs> Yeah, 2020 has whooped all of our asses. 2020 is undefeated, yeah. and I'm ready to see yeah. it it be beaten, you know? Go away. Yeah, I got my ass kicked like Austin did when uh, there was the bounty on his head in the Rumble. But uh, yeah. Yeah. let's get first things first. Before we, before we get to talking about all this shit that's going on in wrestling and MMA and all that bullshit, I mentioned that you're one of the hosts of the Steel, po- Steel Cage podcast. Yes, sir. Let everybody know some of the places where they can find you. Uh, for those who don't know, like I said, I got to meet this dude when we were on our out in LA doing our thing out there. Uh, good times at GCW Blast, and all man. that good stuff, man. And uh, you missed the best part after you guys left, man. I opened up a Mustang down the freeway from San Diego yes. to LA. That was the best <laughs> part of the whole fucking trip. That, that part made me smile so much because you I kind tra- of I thought you so had a lot to about do. Snapchat, you guys. Like I wanted to like send you a video because, nah, dude. Dude, I had that bitch in the carpool lane up over a hundred a few times. <laughs> that that brought such joy to my heart knowing that you did that. You know, like I think that one of the best things in life is when you make the best out of anything that you have to do, even if you don't look forward to doing it, but you make the best out of it, right? And like you had a long trip and kind of a complicated situation where you were meeting a friend of yours and former MMA fighter. And yeah, man, knowing that you jumped in a Mustang instead of some busted ass car. And, and drove down, you know, down the right way. That that brought me a lot of joy, right? It's, hey, it's... man, I, the shitty part about it, and full disclosure, I blame myself for this. 
but I guess maybe we'll call it a noob move since it was my first time ever driving a convertible Mustang. My uh-huh. stupid ass didn't think to t- ask the guy how the fuck to do that until I was zooming down the freeway. And I'm oh, like, no. Oh, I'm like, God. fuck, this would be dope if the, the top was yeah. off it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, damn it. But oh, then <laughs> I at least was able to like have solace in the fact that I got to open a Mustang up down the freeway down and back. <clears throat> And let me tell you, they didn't have no governor on that bitch because I was over a hundred a few times. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the best way to do California, especially if you happen to be there when there's no traffic like that. That's what I was going to say. That's you don't normally that's, get to open up on the freeway in California. Yeah. The most heavily populated state. And you just so happen to be there when everybody's locked in their house and yep, with the most yep. beautiful views. Yeah, let's get at it. (laughs) Let's get it, right. Well, I mean, we had a beautiful view at GCW, and it was a really weird show. Like, there wasn't that many people there. It was being held in a state park. But it it felt great to be out and be watching pro wrestling, you know, live. Like, we have not had that opportunity for the majority of 2020. So that was one beautiful thing was to just see a show live, even if I was terrified of anybody that wanted to come up and talk to us while we were there. (laughs) Like. No, back. Stay back. No. You Get ain't away. lying. What up, Chris? I see you in the comments. Chris came and checked this out with our last week's episode with the American Kaiju Miss Lindsay Snow. We appreciate the sport, kind sir. Um, Yeah, dude. L.A. was uh, very much needed for me, man. It was a good time out there at GCW. Uh, Sabu didn't look so great. Uh, <laughs> no. no. I'm not Hey, and that's a tough one, okay? Because being from (laughs) Michigan and a kid who grew up in the Attitude Era, you know, I mean, Sabu was the shit. Yeah. Homicidal, gemicidal. You know the spiel, but what you see in 2020 and what you saw in 1995 are two totally different things. Yes. uh, uh, Let me tell you, it wasn't looking good for the homicidal, genocidal one. Yeah, no, it's it's rough because that's one thing about pro wrestling is I think it's hard for these guys to let go. And even even when they do let it go, they they have to come back. They have to they have to stay in the orbit and they have to come back every once in a while and visit. And yeah, it gets harder and harder to see some of those guys, especially someone as physical as Sabu. That's not exactly a gimmick that's going to let you be an old timer still coming back and doing the tip of the hat performance uh you're not you're not exactly doing death matches just in a in a lackadaisical fun kind of way i couldn't agree with you anymore (laughs) so before we get on like i said to this tell us a little bit about steel cage podcast how that came to be and let everybody know where they can find all that shit at oh yeah man the steel cage uh has been an absolute blessing for me uh i i came across these guys similar to like how you met Mega Ran. You know, we were actually just uh, sitting next to each other at a uh, episode of Raw here in Phoenix, Arizona. They happened to have this website called thesteelcage.com that I had heard of and kind of checked out because they were a local website, local podcast. Uh, and, you know, I just kind of, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> Josh, who's the founder and proprietor of the Steel Cage, was wearing Google goggles. I don't know if you remember those, but <laughs> the Google Glass. Yeah, the Google Glass, right? Yeah, those things, right? And so he had been tweeting about it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I was thinking about, like, how annoying it is at a wrestling show to have to take your phone out of your pocket and take pictures, right? Like, it would be nice if you could just watch the wrestling show and randomly be like, click, and that was his plan on what he wanted to do with these Google lenses that he had. Um, So he was very easy to spot in the wrestling crowd, but uh, (laughs) coincidentally enough, 
we also sat right next to each other. Uh, so that was kind of just, you know, I guess karma, or I, I don't know how you would say it, fate, you know, so we ended up becoming friends and they invited me on the show and like a stray cat they fed, I never left. Uh, and I've been there for like five years. Uh, and it's been some of the best friends I've ever made. Like that's one of the great things about pro wrestling is I've met so many friends because of it. Friends who I have other interests with and friends that I do completely different things with. And we go on vacations and we do all sorts of stuff, but we met because of pro wrestling. It's, it's, it's hard to find friends. I think the older you get, and it's definitely hard to find friends that are into pro wrestling. Like I that, Venn, agree. that Venn diagram gets very small. And so if you happen to make friends with people who are, you know, your age at this point, uh, it's, it's kind of nice and you, you hold on to it. I just was blessed to have these guys also happen to be awesome people. You know, we've, we've gone to new Orleans. We've done a bunch of WrestleMania trips together. Uh, we are frequent, uh, attendees to PWG and in, in Reseda and, and now in LA Fuck you guys. So it's, it's an absolute blast. And I'm just, again, I'm really happy that I found, you know, guys that I could do this thing with, you know, I, I do sports. So it's, it's, it's easy to find other people that are into sports and, and that's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel, but I've just always loved wrestling and it's not easy to uh, find other people to enjoy it with. I think that's why most people kind of stop enjoying it too, to be honest. I think it, it's hard don't to have anybody to share it with Corey. Right. And then you just kind of watch it by yourself. And then one day you're just like, eh, I don't need to watch this anymore kind of deal, but pretty much. I mean, my yeah. man's got his irons over here and a lot of fires. He's also writing for uh, the Arizona diamondbacks. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it's, it's uh, azsports.com, so it's our arizonasports.com. Uh, we are the uh, radio station that cover the game. So uh, I do cover the Diamondbacks, and, yeah, it's a blast. I've been covering the Diamondbacks now. Uh, next year will be my 10th season. So uh, I've been doing it wow. for a while, and um, I just – I love it, man. I love sports. I love being able to, uh, like, combine my love of of these things, including wrestling, and, and have it also lead to these experiences, even if uh, – even if podcasting isn't the most lucrative thing in the world, it's still brought me a lot of enjoyment, you know? Yeah. It's always fun to hop on and be able to talk to some friends or be able to, you know, kind of get some people on that you always kind of looked for, you know, looked up, not necessarily looked up to, cause I feel like that's the wrong word, but kind of sure. had a, a, a real respect for, you know, yeah. the fact that you can have conversations with people that you just have respect for, or even like in our case, you know, like I've self-admitted I'm lower on the wrestling end and fan wise but i'm huge into mma yeah and we get a ton of these mma guys and even like the upcoming prospects and stuff man like i when i tune into their fights and stuff it's like a whole nother level of just like oh i i know a little bit of backstory about this guy and it's oh, like, yeah. it, it provides a whole nother layer and i can only imagine after doing it you know like you were saying for 10 years in the sports broadcasting like that that's uh that's a lot, man. Yeah, yeah I've I, seen I I've seen guys the rotation of players that you see out, and yeah, the trades uh, that happen and everything, in, everything that happens about it. It's just that it, it, interesting career choice. I, yeah. I would I'd love to do something like that myself. That's for well, sure. Well, and it's it's one of those things that I never actually thought I would get the opportunity to do. And mm -hmm. you know, like once you do it, you you realize the ups and downs. You know, you realize oh, yeah. like for instance, a lot of people want to do this, you know, so it's, you're, you're not exactly in a position like you are in other jobs where you're valuable, you know, uh, it's, you're easily replaceable by someone who could probably do the job just as well, if not, maybe even better than you. And they'll be willing to take a dollar less, you know, per hour or whatever. 
right? So sports is very competitive when it comes to that, and it makes it that much harder, I think, to break through and stick around in that early phase. Uh, I, I think I just never thought I would be given this opportunity, you know? So like, that's kind of what I've held on to and wrapped my arms around is I, I can't believe I get to be in the clubhouse and I can't believe I get to be in the press box. And, you know, to this day, 10 seasons later, it's still like that, that moment where I walk in and I'm kind of like, ah, yeah, this is, yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, like what you said too, is, is a great part of it. I think I've almost, almost enjoyed seeing the careers now and, and seeing young players come up and uh, you know, it's very similar to like the Indies with pro wrestling to get mm-hmm. to see these guys come from nothing to get these, see these guys be backyard wrestlers or, you know, be nobodies and to build their career on their own. I, and I mean, especially with the wrestling, that's one part that's, that's way more fun to watch. These guys are completely in control of their, their own promotion and their t-shirt sales and how they interact with people on social media and everything they do. And some people are just so clever about it and so unique. I, I've, I've had the chance to see guys, you know, be no names. And now they're on, you know, WWE television. I, I've, I've seen guys get booed out of the building because nobody wanted to watch them. And now, you know, they're, they're the same dickheads on WWE television. It's, it's just, it's that's that part about wrestling, I think is the most fun is just watching these guys persevere this really difficult career. Um, and, and same thing with MMA. You know, just that, that kind of career that you just, it, it's so hard initially. And especially once you start being a professional, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to make decent money. It's hard to get big fights. It's hard to do all of this stuff, but man, I mean, once, once you make it to that point, once you make it to an elite level, you, you deserve to be there because it's mm-hmm. a, it's a really difficult, you know, field to, to make through that initial, you know, kind of phase that that initial push and one thing that's also real interesting about it with mo with i would say 99 percent of jobs out there once you've made it to that elite level or even a a level of good once you start getting to the point where you're winning in your career path whatever that be sure. the definition changes of course depending on career it usually becomes easier where in mma the more you win, you're climbing rankings and now your opponents are now significantly harder. So it it not only are you trying to improve your life, but like you said, there's no, there's no soft resting point at the top. You know, it's, it's, and 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 that's what, that's another thing that keeps it so interesting for me. Yeah. So same thing with pro wrestling too, right? Like there's no stopping. And if you do get complacent, then you become a mid Carter, you become a jobber, you become a nobody, you become a, you know, what, what people were calling our truth at one point, just collecting a paycheck and being on the payroll, you know, JTG still has a job. Wait, what wild, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's, you know, I can see how difficult the whole thing is. And, you know, you, you have a lot of variables and factors once you work for a company like WWE, for instance, that you're no longer in control of. It's, it's pretty much what they decide to do for you, what t-shirt designs they want you to have all of that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I, I think now, you know, I have known guys that have just busted their ass to get where they're at. And like, I, it's, it's an unforgiving career. And like you said, you know, you get to the top, especially in like wrestling and it's just more scrutiny and more, you know, more criticism over how good you are. And if you deserve to be there and all of that, you know, MMA, at least because of the fact that it's real fighting. 
you 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 not you're knocking guys out then you deserve to be there you know but wwe always has that thing about no matter how hard you worked that someone else was their decision to put you there you know and i'm sure even mma fighters get that too because i'm sure there's guys that that claim other guys got an opportunity just because dana white liked the way they look oh dude you're gonna get that in every you're gonna get that in every business you're in that's very true Um, you know one thing so Talking about business and talking about businesses you're in, again, I like to fancy myself one of these guys who actually knows what the fuck they're doing. So I made sure I looked into a few things before we got on the air. So I got a few questions that you probably weren't expecting to be asked. Oh, no. All right. (laughs) All right. So number one, and first and foremost, when I was looking through your shit on Twitter, I realized that in your cover photo, it says WCW power plant drop. <laughs> is that real or is that false? That is 100% false. I, I thought it might be, but I had to ask. That is 100%. Corey, false. You know who else is a WCW power plant dropout that you know? Huh. Come on, man. You watch his shit all the time. I'm going to give you one guess. And it's MMA guy. You watch his shit all the time. Don't give it away, Derek. You know who it is. I don't know. I'm terrible with this guessing game. Just oh, man. Don't lead me on, man. Just Chael P. Sonnen. Uh, that, would make, <laughs> that makes absolutely perfect sense, honestly. It really does. The The voice, the character, the fact that he's – he. I mean, for those of you out there who do still watch his content that he puts out on YouTube now, I mean, they're – there still isn't much more entertaining people in MMA. I mean, there's a reason why both love of pro wrestling, Corey. There, there's a reason why both the UFC and Bellator employ the man. He, he's damn entertaining, you know. I mean, that's a very fair point when he's across both uh, companies. But last question I got for you before we get on to the recaps and what the fuck we think is going on in the world of pro wrestling and MMA, like you guys came here. To listen to Chris, if you're still in the comments, feel free to let us know what you think about all that stuff as well. But you also have parlayed your way into uh, getting yourself there by the squared circle. If I remember right, when we was in the in the hotel room, you were telling me about some of your managing escapades. That's like right, one Bobby the Brain Heenan and all those great and the like. Tell me uh, about the managing escapades, because. Well- let me tell you, let me tell you, first of all, just saying, just, just putting me and Bobby the Brain Heaton in the same sentence, that's too much for me. Uh, but yes, I have always fancied myself a fan of the manager, and I've always loved the manager character. I was given an opportunity for a little while to work as a commentator for a local wrestling promotion, and while that was going on, one of the wrestlers and I be kind of had a little, a little thing, a little tiff. He didn't like me, I didn't like him. I'd cut, cut him deep on the, on the, you know, on the mic when I was commentating. Um, and somehow that led to an opportunity where at Zealot Pro Wrestling here in Phoenix, um, I met an, another American Kaiju, uh, Devin Sparks. <laughs> so it's funny you bring up Lindsay Snow because I got uh, that interview in that top right corner. Yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you, um, Devin wants none of Lindsay, so um, he, that's why there I don't is think many no, people really do want the smoke with there Lindsay, you know, is but. no wanting smoke there, so she could keep the nickname, I believe, as far as Devin is concerned. But uh, yeah, I, I met Devin, you know, we kind of talked, we hit it off, uh, we concocted a few plans, uh, and I've been a 
you know, been able to manage him and manage him successfully for a year as Zealot Pro Wrestling until that damn Chris Bay came in and took the belt away. Uh, and he still hasn't come back and brought it back. And I'll never forget that, Chris Bay. Uh, we <laughs> want the belt back. Uh, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wrestling fan at heart. And it was an absolute dream to get involved in any way, shape or form. Uh, I had ideas. I had thoughts. Uh, I think I've just, you know, really wanted to get involved in some way that made sense. You know, I'm definitely not somebody that's going to get in there and try to wrestle. I am fully aware of how difficult that is and how, how, you know, how many people think it's, it's easy to get in there and do what these guys do. And, and realistically how it's not, you know, but (laughs) <laughs> I, I I will be the asshole on the side of the ring, yelling stuff and distracting refs and doing everything, anything I can to make my guy a winner. So if any pro wrestlers out there are looking for a manager, uh, get at me. I'm available. Uh, my rates are cheap. You'll win <laughs> championship matches, online Twitter promotion. I got a blue check mark. There's lots of things I can offer. Um, I throw. I got a blue check mark. I, I throw streamers really well, like better than any fan can throw streamers. And I will run around the ring and throw streamers for you during your entrance, even if none of the fans will. What, what other man make it like Ring of Honor? Damn it! Even if yeah, we oh, God, yes. Honor. you'll think you'll think <laughs> that this was a five star match in the Tokyo Dome, baby. Hell yeah! All right. Well, that's as good a place to start as meant as any. All right. Like we said, you know, Derek is a lifelong fan of this, just like I am. Uh, there's plenty of shit that's going on in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, first of all, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Do you <laughs> really want to see it? Why okay. or why not? I, I don't want to see it for the same reason. Nobody wants to see it. I don't, I, I, I everybody that doesn't want to see it, doesn't want to see it for the same reason. You don't, don't want to see who's got the better spear, bro. Yeah, no, I don't give a shit about that. That's the, <laughs> the biggest bullshit. Uh, first of all, Edge has the better spear, if we want to talk about that. But uh, I'll say that the the concept of Roman needing to do more underhanded things, you know, just to kind of bolster his resume, right? Like, you know, he is now in the ultimate heel phase of his career and in the wwe he's the biggest bad guy he's the end boss he has been well established over the last couple of months in in like in a way i never even thought was possible we have always kicked around ideas about the heel roman reigns and this has been better than we could have even imagined i mean his the way he i didn't ever think they put paul Heyman with him that's no no. And I mean, I, I, I guarantee you at one point when we were just bullshitting and throwing ideas out there, that was an idea we had that we never would have thought happened in a million years. You know, it's, it's a great concept. And I think even retiring Goldberg and having him do it is a great move. So like, that's where I'm conflicted. I don't want to see the match, but the storytelling and the, the thing that it would do for Roman's career, it, it, it would do good things. You know, it would, it would, it would be good but for does him. Does he really to... need it though? No, that, absolutely that's, not. That's what yeah. we're getting at. Like, to, yes, to answer your could question, it potentially no. do good? Yes. But could it also potentially be really bad? Like what happened in Saudi Arabia? Yes. <laughs> and I think, I think there, to be honest, the, the risk isn't worth the reward. I don't think the reward is big enough. I don't think that the end game is going to make Roman look that much more evil. You know, 
the things that he's doing to his own family already make him look awful like an and terrible and sinister and all the things you want a bad guy to look right so like you can't make him look like more of a dick by going and beating some old asshole that won't hang it up like i don't give a shit that he kicks goldberg's ass and i'm sure the match is going to be atrocious so from that perspective yeah no i don't think it needs to happen but again it's it's that it's like the end of Big Brother or Survivor, you know, those reality shows where someone gets to the end and they have to like list all of their accomplishments to prove that they should win the show. I think that retiring Goldberg is a great check mark on his resume of evil shit that he did. I just think that it doesn't, it's to answer your question, no, I don't think it's necessary. All right. Well, before I get to the other part of that and why I asked that question. I've asked you about one of the biggest uh, storylines in Chris Romans versus Goldberg. Please don't happen. Put Big E or someone against <laughs> Roman versus Goldberg does not benefit either of them. Chris, I'm with you. I like what the fuck he said. Yeah. Somebody put Big E back in the motherfucking main event. Please. Can we go back to the five count Big E with the weight, the weight chalk and shit? I don't want in, in the concept that he was going to be like new day over here, but the way things are going more and more based on his gear and the direction of his character and everything. I, I, I think they just, I think they just split up the new day without really like having it be a big deal. I think that they knew the fans wouldn't be thrilled about it. So that's what they've done. If that's what they've done, then yes, I think Biggie needs to be pushed to the moon. You know, Biggie is an absolute star. And I can't see any reason why uh, you wouldn't put him as one of the biggest baby faces on the show. It's going to take time though. So like, yeah, it's going to, they're going to have to rebuild. They're kind of, in my opinion, they have to like reestablish the fact that yes, Big E is the funny guy that everybody loved and all that, but they need to reestablish the fact that not only is he a strong son of a bitch and an ass kicker, but they need to establish him as a legitimate you know, main event contender, which I think is going to take a little bit of time for them to do. But the other question that I had to go along with what we were talking about is we talked about Roman Reigns versus Goldberg and why or why not we want to see that happen. I'm going to pose you the same question and ask you, what were your thoughts on AEW bringing back Sting? Do you think it was a success? And why do you think AEW bringing in Sting was received so much better than Goldberg coming back to face Roman Reigns. Um, I'll I'll say that there's still some mystique left to Sting, in my opinion. I think there's there's some things Sting still had to offer, and I think a lot of people didn't really like what they saw out of Sting in WWE. So the chance to see him uh, in a different promotion doing something different might excite people. Like I wasn't thrilled about it, uh, but it, he did grow on me when I realized that he was going to kind of be this different uh you know kind of smarmy sting you know this guy patting people on the head and and talking shit about darby allen being a copycat and making tony do this it's sting you know thing and all of that like it was it was little subtle things but it definitely had the the smell of him being you know an asshole and i don't know where it's going to go but i would love to see a heel sting who thinks he's better than everybody in a promotion like AEW. I would love to see him going around thinking he's this God to professional wrestling and 
like people slowly realizing that that he's you know an asshole you know um there, there i think there's more storytelling possibilities there and it's more intriguing than goldberg coming back again you know every every time you come back every run you do it tarnishes your legacy every time you come back for that payday every saudi arabia pay-per-view you show up for blood you know, money in the sand it makes it that much more difficult for people to care about you and to be excited to see you you know um, sting sting still has something left in the tank uh but he's more of a spectacle i think than goldberg is and i think sting could be more interesting even if he doesn't wrestle whereas if goldberg isn't wrestling then he doesn't seem no have anything to, have to offer there. right right so for me man we talked about this a little bit on last week's show but for me man the sting thing has more legs to it because they came right out and said right away Sting's not coming back to be like this in-ring talent, but the way that they're having him mess with Darby Allen and the way that he's intertwined with uh, Cody and Arn in them and the way that you don't really know which way he's going to go. You don't know who he's really going to align himself with. You don't really know what he's going to do. Like you said, there's still some mystique to it. Sting, I feel like, didn't get to go out the way he wanted to in WWE, so for him to get another run here with AEW who knows what that's going to look like but in my personal opinion to close out the thought on that um I just feel like it's getting a better you know rub than the uh I think that it's getting a better rub than the Roman thing just because Goldberg seems to just come back and they always put him in there with some big name fucking you know he's got to go against the guy he's got to go against the champion you know he's got to He's got to do this when Sting, Sting, for all we know from what we've seen so far, is essentially just going to be, as as far as we can tell, a manager. But in reality, like Sting always says, the one thing about Sting is that nothing's for sure. We still really don't know what's going to come out of that. Um, the other thing that we got to talk about on the wrestling end before we get into all of the craziness that was ufc 256 which derek i don't know if you uh got to watch ufc 256 or not but uh that was quite the crazy night and we're gonna get into that a little bit but did you watch the fights i did i watched some of it i was actually in my backyard dealing with some technical issues so i wasn't paying too close of attention but man i just i'll tell you i I, especially hearing this stuff about ufc like changing how they're going to pay people and changing how many, or at least changing how many fighters are going to have a roster and stuff. I, I just realized how good they are at continuing to build talent, no matter, no matter what, like the, the, I mean, even if, even if you can't credit UFC for building the talent, the talent builds the talent in some cases, but they just much like the WWE, they don't miss a beat. They just keep coming with, you know, talented fighters and great matchups and, like it seems like every They've show really they're building on the fact that they're the one they're the one sport that regardless they don't need you know they don't I mean WWE and wrestling needs fans. You have to have fans or it's not the same. Sure. Yes, we've been getting by with the Thunderdome and yes, we've been getting by with the minimal fans here and it's not the same. Yeah, Impact was really weird to watch Impact with no fans, no fake crowd reaction. And, and that's no and that's what I want to get into next. Before before I uh before we get to that, we have one more question in the comments here. Chris asks, he goes, Do you think 
that AEW is the superior product right now from a creative uh, standpoint. Uh, um, yeah, yes, I do. I do. As far uh, as if we're judging it, if we're judging it on uh, creative that makes me want to watch it, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna hold you up. You want my honest opinion, creative wise, and what I want to tune in to watch. It has to be AEW right now. Yep. It has to because yep. uh, SmackDown, SmackDown, I want to see that too. NXT, I want to see that too. But if you want to talk about which one legitimately kind of has me for the most part where I'm like, I don't know what these motherfuckers are going to do next week. Now, don't mistake what I'm saying. That also doesn't mean that I'm saying that AEW doesn't have that. Yeah, uh, I don't know what they're going to do next week. And then they come out next week and fuck it up because they've been known to do that plenty so far. Yes. So that's and not that, to say that because they leave that option open, that that's always the best option. But if we're talking about which one I think, you know, has the best creative right now of what's going on, it, it, it's got to be AEW. AEW has this weird, it, it's, it's different from WWE because WWE's roster based on NXT, SmackDown and Raw is spread kind of thin right? You're typically seeing every healthy wrestler, every single show that they are airing. If, if they're a member of the raw roster, they're probably going to be on every episode. If they're healthy, whether they're wrestling in some bullshit match, or if they're involved in something different, it doesn't matter. AEW has a different factor right now where you don't know necessarily what you're going to see. It kind of reminds me of the old days of WWE and WCW where you would tune in and you didn't know who was going to show up that week necessarily. They didn't have enough time for everybody. And most matches were going to be like some superstar versus a jobber. And it was going to be a squash match. But hey, we were going to see this parade of superstars tonight. And AEW kind of is the same thing where it's exciting because you don't know who you're going to see on a particular episode. It's not a guarantee that you're going to see anybody, you know, wrestle for, for sure. And even if they're even if they're healthy. That that's fun, but the storytelling stuff and combined with that kind of surprise factor is is way better right now than WWE. Uh, the stuff they're doing with Kenny Omega crossing over to Impact Wrestling, it there's nothing WWE can do to compare with that. And Kenny fought at you know Triple Mania this weekend and defended his belt against Laredo Kid. We watched that shit. That was a fire match. Kenny's threatening basically to go after rich swans impact title so he's gonna like have all the belts for all of the he's promotions like that aren't wwe ultimo dragon motherfucker it's be awesome you know but <laughs> that's what i'm saying is wwe based on them kind of shooting themselves in the foot in regards to needing to create their own wrestling ecosystem the you know impact wrestling can go do fun exciting things like this especially when it benefits everybody involved I just couldn't believe impact went in so hard to make it so meta where they were referencing on the show. What a big deal it was to have the rub from having Kenny Omega on the show. You had Scott Demore talking to like Tommy dreamer being like, this is great for us. This is what a great night. This is going to be the best. I night mean, Hey, at least they're playing it up for what it is though, bro. I mean, fuck, they ain't hiding it. I mean, That's Hey, take awesome, that rub, kid. I think especially in today's day and age of reality, right? Like everybody knows everything. It's the information age. You can't hide real names and you can't hide information anymore. And everybody's a smart. So everybody knows everything about pro wrestling. 
why not handle it this way? The way that Tony Khan cut a commercial basically saying I'm paying for airtime so Impact can have some more money to keep themselves on the air, that shit was hilarious. Like everything they did to poke fun at Impact uh, was great, but then to have Impact play along with it too, hilarious. Like it was, it was gold, and I just haven't felt this excited about watching a wrestling promotion, a weekly show, in a long time. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know where Kenny Omega is going to go next. You don't know when this is going to involve New Japan or Ring of Honor or any of the other promotions. So it's it's just a fun like thing to be fantasy booking matches and to be like wondering if this stuff is going to happen. Chris, see, that's why it's a great thing for all of you guys who are watching live. If you've got any thoughts on anything that you hear us talking about right now, let us know in the comments because... I think Derek and I pretty much were able to just cap that one off on why AEW is the one that I'm watching most most intently. It's kind of hard for it not to be the one you're watching most intently when they're doing what, like Derek just said, in my opinion, is the most... I don't know why it's taken this long for us to see the other companies kind of like squat up like that. Right. Because right. the thought of the fact that in 2020 we could have Kenny Omega maybe be the 2020 version of the Ultimo Dragon with all the belts pretty much. Um, Like I said, I like it. I like the fact that he's still defending the uh, AAA title. I like the fact that he's got the AEW title. And like you said, you know, who knows? He's already alluding it going at the Impact title. And if anything else, it brings Impact up along with it. Uh, The only thing that's going to be interesting for me, and again, let us know in the comments what you think, but... um, it's going to be just interesting to see if they can sustain it to where both companies seem on even playing field, right? Well, so they're, they're not even they're not even playing it that way. They are totally playing it like Impact is the subpar wrestling promotion compared to AEW. AEW is the rich daddy money, and and Impact is is barely you know is barely keeping the lights on. That's why I think it's so funny is because even the people from Impact are treating it that way too. Like AW, yeah, I can understand Tony Khan talking shit and talking down to another wrestling promotion, but Impact is almost like willingly going, Yeah, we are barely keeping the lights on. Thanks for the money, Mr. Khan. You know, like it's wild, but it's also really funny. And Impact deserves credit for how long they've been on the air. Like, I, I think we all thought this company was dead in the water at least five times in their history. At least so for them, for them to be still plugging along and doing the stuff they're doing now, which, which is pretty fun. Like they have a pretty good roster, but they have the best women's roster in wrestling, in my opinion. Oh, well, that's not not true at all, but I will just, (laughs) okay. I will say, no, what are you going to say? NXT? NXT is the only one that competes with. I'm not mad at that. See, I got no problem with that. Yeah. NXT. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. As long as you don't say AEW. Oh no 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 no! And as and long neither, as you don't say AEW, yeah, AEW, we're all right. AEW's been abysmal when it comes to the women's division, and I think that there's a lot of things AEW still has to work out. I think AEW made lofty promises, like a politician getting into office, that they just knew they couldn't fill fulfill, but you know they said it anyway, and fans went along with it. I appreciate that they're trying to do something different. I appreciate the fact that they do take the female competitors seriously and i like like what they did with thunder rosa and the nwa women's championship Agreed. featuring that again it's it's the same thing featuring other shows champions and other promotions and all of that that's gonna be the home run uh 
and honestly, like giving impact credit once again, they did this stuff first with like the Hardy boys with their expedition of gold going around with the tag team belts and all that stuff. So like that has been something that I've thought has always worked well, but they never had the kind of support they do now to work together. Like AW had another major backer. Right, right. AW and impact working together is a much bigger deal than, you know, the, uh, them going down to the crash in Tijuana winning the tag championships or whatever, you know? So this is, this is going to be fun. I mean, impacts always done a real good job of being able to incorporate the smaller, uh, promotions. And speaking of smaller promotions, make sure you smash that subscribe button so that you don't miss any of the great content, like our interview with Calvin Hollywood Harbaugh, who's getting ready to go to war this Friday for CFFC CM Punk's going to be on commentary, you know, uh, nice. he's going to war for CFFC. He's going to pick up that dub live on UFC fight pass. Make sure you don't miss that shit and check out that interview. All right. Now is about as good a time as any to jump over into the fight side of things. Now, Derek, you said that you got to see a little bit of UFC yep. 256. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we saw quite the banger in the main event, man. Uh, I'm going to just throw this out here. I mean, Dana's already said that he has every intention of running it back, but bro, Moreno versus Davison Figueredo, that is not how I think anyone really expected that fight to go. And if you say you did, you're a fucking liar. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying you're a fucking liar. I love you. And if you're watching the show, you can still be a fucking liar, but I love you. But anyway... (laughs) There's no way anybody expected that fight to go that way. Davison Figueredo didn't even make it to the post-fight press conference because he was in the hospital. The fight ended up in a draw. Um, Great showing for the young buck. Um, You know, I I got nothing. All I know is, Dana, you already said it. Don't take your word back. I want to see these motherfuckers run it back. Yep. Corey, you've been quiet. I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on the barn burner or the slobber knocker, as quoted by Joe Rogan, that was the main event? Man, what a night, dude. It, I mean, the main event was like legitimately the double Sunday on top of the Sunday on top of the cherry. It was like so much. It, it stacked the card as perfectly as it could to top, top the night. Before but. you get there, you're damn right, because we had a hell of a knockout on Friday with our homie Josh Burns going viral, putting yep. that man to sleep oh, at Bare yeah. Knuckle FC. Hot damn. Hot damn. That, that was, man that, was sleeping, and his eyes was another... were rolled in the back of his head, and he said, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. He hit me. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow up after that. That was a, that was another great night of fights, though. Really, that BKFC man always out there surprising me. I mean, their fights are like half of them are shit shows, and then the other half are pretty technical, fun fights. And it's like you never know what you're gonna get when the fights like actually starting. If it's gonna be the older guy that's trying to get coming here to get a check is gonna get the knockout, or it's like. There's some fun fights though on that. But yeah, just yeah, ask man. Dana, uh just ask Dana Brooks boyfriend. He got a three second knockout, fastest knockout in bare knuckle FC history. <laughs> but back to uh back to the pay-per-view of the night, man. That was uh that was a hell of a night, dude. I honestly don't even I feel like 
the first point, I'd be remiss if the first point of the night wasn't Kevin Holland's knockout of Jacare. Yeah, I feel like that. Was, that that's like I've was, never seen somebody get knocked out from a man that was on his knees. This mm-hmm. man was on his knees when he hurt Jacare. It and wasn't so even he wasn't like, oh, even Jacare on his knees. Who was Kyle. old? He was still on his ass. He was still on his. That's cheeks. my point. Cheeks were on the on the mat, dude. The booty cheeks like the was fact, touching the canvas. The fact that he was able to get enough torque in that shot to like cause any type of serious damage. I mean, look out, boys. Anybody at 185, you better watch out. I mean, if you if you thought you know Big Mouth was just coming in there to talk, I mean. <laughs> I, he shut up a lot of people with that fight. I tell you what, how dope. could he not though? He knocked uh, and and here's the thing again. Just to go off the point I just made, for all of you who want to say Jacare is old, 150 years old. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how old Jacare is. First of all, I don't want to fight with him on the ground. Second of all, you can call him as old as you want, but I've watched that old man eat. Eat some nasty ass punches, so I'm not I'm not ever counting him out. And much less, like I said, Joe Rogan said it himself. I have never in my life. I've been watching fights since I was like 12 or 13 years old, bro. I have not ever in my life seen a man get knocked out while a man was on his ass and he punched him and then knocked and like hurt him critically off of his knees. He, he folded him, dude. He yeah. didn't even yeah. right. like he's just like it was a special back. level of core strength to get that. Yeah, that was his power finisher. Behind that that was his finisher, bro. He had his but, special but all, all thing... the way built up. Right? <laughs> and, and the punch right. off of his back and that the was the signature move, right? So he hit Y and said bink and then got up and it was all filled up and then he fucking did his little saying deal. Ba-ha! And that was when it. it when in doubt push all the buttons on the controller. Mash them motherfuckers! Yeah, all of them. (laughs) Well, one thing I feel like that needs to be mentioned because a lot of people are saying what what you kind of brought up. Jacare's old. This his last fight was not even a year ago. It was against Jan Blachowicz, the current two hundred five champ, and he he granted he lost, but it was a split decision loss. I mean, that doesn't you know for him to come back down to one eighty five and to lose like that. I mean it, it. yeah, he is getting a little bit older, but you can't take nothing away from his skills. That, I mean, that just goes to show right there. And then on top of that, another thing that also really needs to be point out, pointed out, in my opinion, the fact that he was so comfortable on the ground with Jacare, he almost got him in a triangle. He almost got Jacare in a damn he, submission, dude. He was fearless, definitely, because that's like some it shit was, where you don't mess around because at any point you could get caught. And that's somebody that just tends to know, like, I mean, there was, there was what, like a 15 year age difference between the Mm -hmm. two or close to that. (laughs) Right. Like Mm -hmm. easily that's, that's somebody that just knows too much shit. It's you, you kind of have to be brave and fearless to get around on the uh, scramble on the ground. You know, he catches a, an arm or a leg out of nowhere and he's going to end it. So I honestly think a lot of it had to do with his talking. If you want me to be completely honest with you, Rogan said it as well. I usually am one. I hate it when people talk during fights. I hate that shit. I talk about it all the time when we're watching fights because it's the same as I can't stand guys who walk around and they're fighting and you'll see them and their hands are down here and shit and they're doing these. And it's like, bro, you're going to get caught. Sure as shit, you're going to get caught. But the crazy thing about it, though, is like 
you see a guy do shit like that and you see a guy, you know, come in running his mouth where Dana even said ahead of the fight, he was like, I didn't want to sign that guy because of how much he ran his mouth. And now he's talking about, look, bro, I can't deny the kid. The kid's been killing it. And he just knocked out one of the major contenders at that weight class and a legend, no less. Holy shit. 2021 yep. is going to be one hell of a year for Kevin Holland. For all of you guys who are just joining the stream, if you guys watched UFC 256, let us know what you thought of the fights. What did you think of that nasty ass knockout by well, Kevin Holland? One um, thing, another thing too, uh, the other legend killer of the night, hate to say it like that because I'm a huge Tony fan, but uh, Charles Oliveira, bro, my boy Dubronx came in there and put it on Tony. I mean, for anybody who had any doubt, I, I think that kind of answered it. Um, I don't know if the doubt – now the doubt has just changed. Has it changed into is is Oliveira that good or is Tony that withered away? Oliveira is that good, bro. Th that's my thoughts on it. That's That yeah. really is my thoughts on the way that the whole performance went. I think Tony has lost a, a step. But I definitely think it was more Oliveira's performance, way more than Tony's lack thereof. Right, because even with his experience, he looked outmatched. Yep. Like, you know, it was just one of those fights where it looked like uh, at, at all times he was kind of defensive and never actually got a chance to get going. You know, like mm -hmm. that's that, that I don't know, like you, you just tell sometimes that certain fights aren't equal and that that someone's a little bit on their heels the whole time. Yep. I don't know if it's aggression. I don't know what exactly it is, but yeah, it was uh, that, that I was surprised that that fight went to the decision because it didn't seem like it was going to. I mean, dude, he was putting the work on him and I, I'm, I'm going to be full disclosure here. I was not always the biggest Charles Oliveira fan because ironically, if you guys have been paying attention this whole show, which if you haven't, guess what? You can hit that subscribe button and you won't miss any of it. Anyway, uh, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, when Derek and I were in LA, man, um, that's one of the funniest parts about the whole thing. Cause like I said, I drove a Mustang from LA to San Diego to go see miles Fury jury and me and Mr. DuBronx got issues. Cause I won't forget the Christmas party when I, I go, yeah, Hey, can I watch this fight over here in this other room? My brother's fighting and he choked out my buddy in the UFC. So me and DuBronx we're like, fuck DuBronx for a minute. But I can't even argue that fact anymore. The way that man was able to use both his stand-up and his jiu-jitsu on a guy like Tony Ferguson and just totally, like, stifle Tony's whole game. Bro, give them uh, – you can't not give the man his credit. I mean, it's I, that simple. And the beyond, man, just the, beyond just the jiu-jitsu, the fact that he was able to out-wrestle Tony Ferguson – Tony, he I mean, somebody everything who's, Tony Ferguson. I know, but Tony is somebody who's known for his wrestling abilities. And if he was, if he does get put on the bottom, his ability to immediately scramble out. And that just did not happen. It just literally did not. There was no even, like you said, there was not even a moment in time where it looked like it was going to happen. Yeah, it just, it, 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 yeah, it just looked at all times like he was trying to recover, you know, even, even. Yeah. Even when he wasn't getting hit necessarily, it looked like he was just outmatched at, at, no matter what they were doing. I, which, bro, which I is weird because no it, it's been a, it's been a, I don't know, like so for for someone like me, you guys watch this stuff, so you have a chance to see, 
you know, like I know he lost his last fight. They were talking about that. But, you know, you, you kind of get an idea in your head for some of these fighters and you see them in one fight and you're like, this guy's a badass. And then it's so weird to adjust to like a year and a half later when you see him and they're like, oh, yeah, he's on like a three fight losing streak and his career is pretty much just about over. And you're like, wait, what? Wow. Yeah. You know, but it's it's that it's that weird thing in fighting where a loss, two losses seem like the end of the world for some guys. Well, well, right. But even to like parallel that to somebody else who fought earlier on the card, that's like the difference between Junior Dos Santos and what yep. we're seeing with yeah. Tony Ferguson, right? Because Junior yeah. Dos Santos was going on to, going into this fight uh, on a three-fight losing streak, which briefly before I go to my point that I was making with Tony, his opponent that Dos Santos fought, that Cyril Gan or however the hell you yeah. say his name, the way that that man was able to be fluent with his striking at heavyweight, boy, that man's going to be a fucking problem. See? I'm just yep. putting that out right here, <laughs> and now you heard it on knockouts and three counts. When that motherfucker goes in and starts knocking people's head off, we ain't surprised, motherfuckers. Anyway. I think I I think he only has two tough matchups in the whole of the heavyweight division at the moment. I think it's Curtis Blades and Stipe, the champ. I think everybody else, I think he wins. Uh, and and for somebody to be what what we, because we were kind of joking about the fact that he was so young in his career. I think he's only seven and zero at the moment, or something like that, eight and zero. Uh, and for me to say that, I I don't say that lightly. I really do think he could beat roughly everybody except for possibly Stipe and uh, well. I agree with you because of the wrestling. Well, I agree with you. And that's why I made that point, you know, that, like I said, it's the tale of two different stories where JDS is kind of a guy, even though he's a legend and he's got that pedigree, I feel like he's on his way out where a guy like Tony, I feel like we still got to see what he does next after here because he faced a guy in Charles Dubronx who was just on the top of his game. Who, Who would you like to see a match Tony up with next? Ideal world. Uh, let Tony and Chandler fight. Yeah, see, I feel like it. I feel but like it we'll ain't gonna a, happen now. Not after. Tony I, I feel like losses. a fun, a very, very, very fun fight would be either Hooker or uh, Felder. Either one. I mean, I, I like. Know, either, I know it's I like a step down. One of those rankings, fights too, but, man. I mean, that's gonna be a real interesting one. But or even. Or even RDA. RDA made his way back down to 155, and that that would be a very fun fight as well. There's a few fights for Tony, but we got to see where Tony's at mentally. But we're getting towards the end of our go-home queue. There was a lot of great fights. There was a lot of shit that was going on in the wrestling world, and we've been joined by by our homie Derek Montilla of the Steel Cage Podcast, which I'm just throwing it out there. If y'all motherfuckers ever need a guy to come on there and come talk some shit, and hey, I know a guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I and I know a guy too, so I will uh, be in contact. Shameless plugs. I don't give a fuck. It's my show. I Hell can do yeah. that shit. <laughs> we love we love having guests. We love having people come check us out, and we just we just talk shit about wrestling, man. We try to stay positive. We try to talk about the stuff we enjoy. Uh, we're definitely not going to be like some of these websites that people are talking about that are nothing but positive. You're not going to find that, but we definitely try to have a fun time and talk about the stuff that, you know, that we enjoy and, and, you know, uh, just, just try to love it. You know, it, it, I feel like with pro wrestling, especially as you get older, it's like watching a kid's movie in, 
poking plot holes in it. Yeah, it's it's not meant for that. The storyline stability isn't there for you to sit around and poke plot holes in. But if you just kind of enjoy the ride, pro wrestling could be a lot of fun. Hey, it can be, man. And we had a lot of fun tonight. You're definitely going to have to come back on the show one way or the other. We're definitely going to have to bring you back at some point, brother, man. I had a good time. Corey, I definitely would say Mr. Montiel will have to come join us, join us one of these other days. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on, too. No it, problem, guys. You know. It's awesome. Hey. I, I appreciate it. I Thanks for the invite. Hey, I appreciated it. We appreciate it. We had a great time. And as I always tell you guys before we get out of here, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. But in the in-between time, until next time, in the jingle bell time, stay safe. Don't be an asshole. Peace.